Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Preparing for today, a couple weeks ago, just, just in, in praying and allowing the Lord to, to tell me what He wanted me to share for this morning. Um, what he, he told me instantly what he wanted me to share on, and, uh, and as, as I was talking to Diana the other day, uh, she went down to the Jesus Culture in Reading last weekend, and um, she said one of the sessions that they were in, they were talking about just dreaming, just, just having, having the dream of God on the inside of you, and that's exactly what the Lord told me to share on. And, um, and it happens quite a bit that way, you know, when, when, you're, when you have an unction and you, you kinda, you're, you're going toward a certain way, and then you find out all over this country the Lord is doing the same thing. Because this is a body thing. Amen. And so it tells me that there's an urgency about this. It tells me that it's not just about us here, although we are a part of it. It's not just about us here. It's part of the body. It's part of the body. And, and this is what the Lord told me as soon as I, as soon as I began to pray about this, this, uh, this message today. Um, a couple weeks ago, he just, began, he just began talking to me about, you know, my people, they need to dream. They must dream. And so that's what we're going to be getting into today is just the power of the dream. And too many times, though, we get into bondage to fear. We get into bondage to circumstance, and we stop dreaming. And right now, I tell you, in the culture today, the society in which we live, there is a lot of fear. And, you know, we hear, we hear about, you know, hope and all of these things, but I tell you, it's so important for the body of Christ to dream. The dream is so important. Now, over here, and of course, in Jeremiah 29, this is a, a verse that uh, uh, actually Linda quoted in, in the word that the Lord had given her. Jeremiah 29, 11 says here, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. This is in the Amplified. I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. In the King James, it says, I know the thoughts I think toward you, and the, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. The Lord has an expected end for us. And he's, here he's talking about our, plan, our, our path on the earth. Of course, once we get done with here, we don't end here. We don't understand that. But he has an expected plan for here on the earth. He has things in his heart concerning you and I personally. He said that he knew me before I was in my mother's womb. Amen. I mean, personally, God is a personal God. He loves you so much individually. And yet so many times what we do is we, we, we accept the corporate blessing and we accept the corporate thing, but we don't accept the personal thing. It's, it takes more faith to accept it personally than it does corporately. You know, I, I can just sit there and I can agree all day long and say, yeah, I believe that God wants us blessed. I believe God wants us whole, healed, and strong. I believe God wants us this. But when I begin to personalize it, I begin to say, no, 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 I believe God wants me. It takes more faith to do that. You know what I'm talking about? It takes more trust to do that. It takes more of a relationship to do that. But that's what he wants of us. He, he wants us to have this personal relationship to know that, that he has thoughts toward you personally. When he looks here this morning on a church of the harvest, he's not just saying, oh, well, there's, there's a church. He's looking at you. He says, this is my child. This is, you know, yeah, all of you who have, who have large, large families, as far as you have more than one child, you hello. You don't just think of, of your children as a whole all the time. And just say, well, I have plans for my children. And it's just a corporate plan. No, you know your children have individual personalities, don't they? And, and you, have, you have individual things that you want for those children. It's a very personal thing. 
That's how it is with God and every one of His children. He has a personal plan for us. But it takes us to do something with that plan. It takes us to actually be on the same track. Amen? And uh, let's turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. Let me show you something here. Hebrews in chapter 11. This is what we call the, the faith chapter. Um, just because it has all these different men and women of God who did things by faith throughout the Old Testament. And here it says in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews 11, and uh, let me see where I want to start here. Let's, let's start in um, uh, verse, this is starting verse 8. He's, he's been talking about Abel and Enoch and Noah and these different ones. And in Hebrews 11 and verse 8 it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. He went out not knowing whether he went. But by faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even one of him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity of return. But now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. I'm going to stop there. Notice how it says here, though, it says in verse 16, but God is not ashamed to be called their God. Why is it? Why is it? it says, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. Well, it was because of verse 13. Verse 13 says that they, it says that they did not receive the promises, but they saw them afar off. And they were persuaded of them. And they embraced them. And they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So God was not ashamed to be called their God. Because they, here these were Old Testament people. And they, they were just walking these things out with God. And they, they saw something afar off. They saw something that was not, let me put it this way. What the dream does, the dream will always confront your current situation. Always does. That dream that God puts on the inside of you, that dream is simply, let me put it this way, you might say, well, what is a dream? I'm not talking about when you put your head on your pillow. I'm talking about that thing on the inside of you. It's, it is a desire that has passion. It is a desire that is, put, that is set on fire. It's not just a wish. It's not just a hope. It's, it's not just a, a desire. It's something that actually has passion to it. It's a dream. But that dream will always confront your current situation. And here he says that these people, that even though they weren't receiving what they saw, they saw it and they embraced it. They saw it and they embraced it and they confessed. They were dreamers. They were dreamers. That's what, and it says, this, for this reason, God is not ashamed to be called their God. He was proud to be called their God, in other words. Man, do we want, I mean, I tell you, God is, he loves the dreamer. Because the dreamer is what taps into what he has for you. The dreamer is the one that doesn't say, well, this is all I have. They say, no, 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 my God is bigger than this. Hallelujah. God is bigger than what I'm seeing with my eyes. God is bigger than what I'm hearing with my ears. God, there's something else that I can, I can go for. There's a dream. But that, that dream has power to it. That dream has power to it. Because that dream, what it does is, 
It's amazing about dreams. I love dreams because dr- dreams actually, it's, it's amazing about a dream because it actually allows you to believe something past uh, credibility. A dream actually gets you to a place of belief without a- actually having any verification at all to it. It's kind of like watching a movie. You know, you ever watch some movie and, and you've been with that person who just basically thinks so anally that they'll sit there and go, well, that, that's just not realistic. Well, if it's a sci-fi movie, what do you expect? Well, you, when you're watching the movie, you know, you have those people that are sitting there going, well, that just could never happen. Well, it's, that's why it's called a movie. You know, come on. But you see, if you're watching a movie, you, you, it's, it's, it's not that you know all this stuff is true, but you, you, you walk out having been entertained and you don't, you don't place a verification on the movie. You know what I'm talking about? You don't, place, so you don't sit there and analyze everything and go, well, that can't be because I know how that all works. It's a movie. So there's, there is a level of belief that comes with just watching it. In other words, you don't sit there and say, well, I believe all that's true, but you don't have to verify it and you don't have to give it credibility. You know what I'm talking about? That's, what, that's how a dream is. That's why a dream is so powerful. Because a dream gets you to start believing things past verification. It gets you into a place of the unseen realm. A dream is, in order for us to actually reach into the unseen realm and bring it into the seen realm, it has to begin with a dream. Every invention that has ever been on the planet began, began with a dream. Not everyone, but most of them. Some of them were accidents. But you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know? I mean, those, you know, when the Wright brothers were, were building the, the airplane, they had a dream. They had something that said, you know what? I know what the current experience is, but there's something more that we can do. Right in the middle of people saying, no, there's no way that could ever happen. You know, right in the middle of, here they are, they're sitting down. There's, there's been, you know, this uh, historical account where they were sitting there as children with their father, and a pastor was sitting with them, and they were eating supper together. And the, the, the pastor was talking about just... Um, Different things that people were, were thinking of, you know, trying out as far as inventions and stuff. And uh, this, is like, this was like 1890, 1899, 1898, something like this. And their dad, the Wright brother's dad says, no, that's a bunch of nonsense. Whatever, whatever's been invented or will be invented has already been invented. Man, I'm glad they didn't listen to their dad. We have to dream. The power of the dream is so important to God. God, God. What the power of the dream does is it actually allows your imagination, your imagination is a powerful thing. It allows you to see things that you've never yet experienced. That imagination is something where you'll sit there and you'll actually uh, imagine something that you've never yet experienced or never heard of before and yet your imagination can put a picture to it. That's astounding to me. It's a spiritual thing though. God gave us an imagination to be able to see what, he's, what, what He has in mind, what His reality is, instead of what our current reality is. But what, what the dream does is it personalizes your imagination. It puts you right in the middle of a God-given imagination. So here you are, you have an imagination. You sit there and you say, you know what, maybe there's a possibility of this. Maybe there's, maybe there's some validity to this. I'm not quite sure, but I'm just kind of dreaming it. And the dream puts you right in the middle of it and just says, no, 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 it's not just possible, that's me. That's for me. It sees you in the middle of it. It sees you partaking of it. Man, I tell you, this is something we've got to get a hold of. The power of the dream. Now, now understand this, that uh, as, we, uh, as we get into this, um, let's turn over to Mark chapter 9. God has, God has plans and thoughts toward us there to bring us things of good and not of evil. They're there to, to allow us to, to walk in a realm that is not in line with the world system. Praise God for that. 
But we're going to have to dream. We're going to have to step out in our thought process, in our imagination, and, and see some things that are not currently being walked in in order to, to allow those to come to pass. Here in Mark chapter 9, and here we know this, this, this verse here, verse 23, very simple verse, we know it. It says, Jesus said unto him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Praise God. He didn't say just some things. He said all things. But it tells me this, that once again, my belief level limits my possibility level. My belief level is in ratio or proportion to my possibility level. So what's possible to me is based on what I believe. I have to expand my belief. I have to choose to expand my belief level. If I don't ever expand my belief level, then my possibility level never changes. See, and so, even though I can see people walking in things, and I can see people getting blessed, and I can see the, the hand of God moving, I can be right in the middle of the move of God, and yet if my, if my belief level isn't at His move, then I won't actually partake of it. Because my belief level has to rise so that my possibility level will rise. All things are possible to those who believe. All things are possible to those who believe. This is why like I said, the dream, what it allows us to do is it allows us to enter into a realm of belief that has no verification or credibility. It doesn't need to be validated. It doesn't need to be analyzed. It doesn't need to have intellectual things tied to it. It bypasses all that, and you say, you know, I'm just dreaming. I'm just dreaming, praise God. But what happens is too many times we get pickled, and we stop dreaming. We get pickled into, into our daily life. We get pickled into the routine. We get pickled into... What society says has to happen. Man, we've got to dream. We've got to get out of it. We've got to shake some things up. Now, here, understand the characteristics of, of, of a dreamer. Let, let's turn over to first, first uh, actually, it's Psalms. Let's turn over to Psalms. That's where I want to go. Psalms 126. The dream always pursues that which is unseen in the physical realm. And we were designed to do this. We were designed to pursue and to actually cause the unseen things to come into this realm. That's, why, that's how man was designed. And so to dream, I mean, if you sit there and you, you look at, at the, displaced, the space exploration and these different things and all the scientific realm, the, their pursuit, they say they're, they're pursuing truth. They're not really pursuing truth. They're pursuing something of the unknown is what they're really pursuing. If they were pursuing truth, all of them would be saved. But uh, anyway, <laughs> you can't pursue truth and not run into God. You know what I'm saying? Because He is truth. You know, they're just pursuing something which is the unknown. Why? Because on the inside of every one of us, we have this thing that looks to the unknown to actually make it known. We, we want to we find that unseen thing and make it seen. It's just part of our DNA. It's part of what God made us to be. And so when we stop dreaming, we actually shut off the very thing that God created us to do. And... Um, like I said, we end up getting bound up into captivity here. Over here in Psalms 126 and verse 1, it says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. I love how the King James puts that. We were like them that dream. Now that word, turn again the captivity, that actually, that, that, uh, um, that phrase there, uh, the literal term of that phrase is, when He returned us back to prosperity. Praise God. It says that when he did this, what happened? We were like them that dream. It says, what, what's, the, what's the next verse? Verse 2. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. It says, then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. Verse 3. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. 
Man, somebody who's a dreamer is somebody who's full of joy. Amen. I tell you, there is nothing more fun than running after a dream. There is nothing more fun than having the dream out in front of you and you are just running after it. There's nothing more fun than that. There's joy in it. Here it says right here, verse 2, Our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Now, the thing is, uh, one of the characteristics about a dreamer is we have to be childlike in order to dream. Have to. You know, I remember I was, this was a few years ago, I was, I was going through some old stuff that my mom had saved from when I was a kid, and I came across a, uh, a first, grade, uh, first grade report card. You know, and so I'm looking at it, and, um, and of course it gives the grades and everything like that, and, and then it gives the teacher's comments. And, uh, and so I'm reading these teacher's comments of the first grade, you know, and, uh, and this teacher, she, she's going, well, she goes, you know, you know, he gets along great with the students, and, you know, obviously does his, does his, uh, his schoolwork quite well and everything, but he sure does daydream a lot. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I don't remember doing that, you know, but I, apparently I did. You know, and, and, and now a kid daydreams. I mean, that's just what, what they do. In other words, I'm sitting in class physically, but my mind is not there. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you might be there right now. <laughs> I won't have you raise your hands on that. But, uh, <laughs> but in other words, you're, you're in one place physically, but your mind is not there. You're doing something totally different in here. You know what I'm saying? And so this is, this is part of childlikeness, where you know, you, your, your circumstances might be saying one thing, but you're not there. Praise God. You're setting your mind on things above and not on the things of the earth. You're allowing yourself to think God thoughts rather than just earthbound thoughts. You're dreaming. You can be right in the middle of your job, but you're dreaming. You can be right in the middle of whatever you're doing, washing dishes, but you're dreaming. You can be right in the middle of driving down the road, but you're dreaming. Praise God. You know, uh, uh, Michael and Sonia, their little boy, Austin. That kid, I love that kid. He, uh, he, you'll see, you know, if, if you know Austin, you know, he gets this, this look on his face that he's just, he's got this look on his face most of the time, and it's, uh, it's like he doesn't know what's about to happen, but it's going to be a lot of fun, you know? <laughs> and he's just got this wild eye in him sometimes that it just cracks me up, and you'll, you'll say, hey, Austin, how are you doing? First thing out of his mouth is, I'm Spider-Man. You know, you know what I mean? If you ever talk to Austin, he's somebody. I'm Spider-Man. I'm, I'm Superman. I'm Indiana Jones. That was the last, one of the last things he was talking about. I'm Indiana Jones. What is it? He's a dreamer. He's a dreamer. In other words, he goes, you know, he goes, I know my name is Austin, but I don't identify with that right now. I'm identifying with something bigger than that. Praise God. We should be dreaming. There's nothing more fun. You know, and when you're dreaming, the thing is about a dreamer too, as I noticed this, when you're dreaming, you don't have time to get into a fence. You don't have time to get into a critical heart. You don't have time to be judgmental about people. You know, when people are, are, are getting into those things, I know they're not dreaming. Man, when I'm dreaming, I tell you, when, when I'm running out that dream, I just don't have time for all that. I'm too busy walking my dream out. I'm too busy running after something. You know, it's just like, it's, you understand, it's, it's like David, when he walks up to go, go fight Goliath, and he's... He shows up to bring him some bread and some, some, some you know, cheese or whatever to his brothers. And, uh, and he hears Goliath spouting off these words. And he goes, man, he goes, what, where is everybody? Come on, it's not a, no one's going to step up? He goes, what happens to the man who kills this guy? What happens to him? And, and so they start talking about all the reward that, he's, that, that the person's going to get. And so he's talking about it. And what does his brother say? His brother comes up and goes, I know why you're here. You're just here just to look at the battle. You're just here just to, to, just to, to, be, you know, just to watch and just to be a, nu- a nuisance and everything else. Just start accusing him. What's David's response? He goes, is there not a cause? 
I don't have time for you. I got bigger things to do. I don't have time for somebody to accuse me and get me offended and get into me judgmental and get me into a critical heart. I don't have time for all that. I'm going somewhere. Amen. It says there what we read in Hebrews chapter eleven. It says that Abraham was seeking a city whose maker and builder was God. Hallelujah. And he says, and for in, in verse sixteen there we already read in Hebrews eleven. It says, listen, he goes, and, and God has prepared for us a city. So we, we have to start dreaming. We have to start running toward this thing and say, you know what, I'm headed toward something that the government didn't create. I'm headed toward something that my family didn't create. I'm headed toward something that my past didn't create. I'm headed toward something that whose maker and builder is God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He gives good and perfect gifts. Amen? Man, how big is our dream? Are, are, we, just, are we just sitting here in, in, in the circumstance or are we, are we, are we dreaming? I'll tell you, we can't waste time. We can't waste time just, just you know, dealing with... What happens, uh, like there in Psalms chapter 126, or what, what we read there, it says, He turned again our captivity, and we are like those who dream. Those who are captive, they only dream of one thing, and that's freedom. But God doesn't want us to be captive anymore. He, he doesn't want us to dream like slaves. He wants us to dream like free men. Boy, there's a whole other level when you start dreaming like a free person. Amen. But you see, we have, to, we have to allow God to turn again that captivity so we can just begin to dream like free people. I'm not dreaming for freedom anymore. He did that on the cross. Praise God. I don't have to dream to get saved anymore. I don't have to dream for deliverance anymore. I can dream beyond that. Glory to God. We have to go from the cross to the throne. We have to realize that He's not on the cross anymore. He paid the price for a reason. He rose, rose from the dead for a reason. So that we can identify with the throne instead of a cross. Praise God for the cross, but that was leading somewhere. You know, and so as we begin to dream, don't let those dreams die in captivity. Don't let those dreams die in that place of bondage. And it could, like I said, we get bound up so many times by, by our past failures. We get bound up by our present day circumstance. We get bound up by, by shame sometimes because we, we've just you know, blown it so many times. We get bound up by uh, just, just you know, what people's words have come in and tried to tell us that we're nothing. We get bound up by insecurity. We get bound up by these different things. And we have to allow the Lord to, to release that captivity so we can just begin to dream. We've got to choose to dream. Amen? But man, I tell you, this is, this is part of childlikeness. Jesus said, unless you become as a little child, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You're too busy judging people. You're too busy defending yourself. You're too busy trying to validate yourself to, to actually dream. Man, we can't do that. No, glory to God. We're dreaming. Amen? And I tell you, it says here that as a dreamer, our mouth should be filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And then what does it say? The very next thing is in verse 2. It says, if that happens, it says, then. Then. In other words, after that. After my mouth is filled with laughter and my tongue with singing, it says, then what's going to happen? The heathen. It doesn't even say those people who are saved or those people sitting in church next to me. It says, then said they among the heathen. What did they say? The Lord has done great things for them. Praise God. I tell you, we start running this thing out. We start running this thing out with joy. We start running this thing out with freedom. I tell you, the heathen will look around and go, wait a minute. That God has done great things for them. Those people who don't even believe in God, God has done great things for them. Amen. This is the goodness of God leading people to repentance. That's what it looks like. But the church should be dreamers. We, we, we can't be bound up in the, in the current system. We can't be bound up in the thought life of, of what's going on around us. Now let, let's turn over to Genesis chapter 15. Praise God. 
Genesis 15. Let's look, look here at Abraham. We already know that Abraham was a dreamer. We know that Abraham, it says that, that uh, you know, he, he sought for a city whose maker and builder was God. Over here in Genesis 15. Hmm. Glory to God. You know, one thing about, about this, this dream, though, the reason, the reason why we don't uh, get critical about things, you know, we, here's the thing. It's so funny because uh, Rachel and I, we've lived in some different places. The, the, the place we lived in last, before we moved here to, to Eugene, when we were up in Seaside, it, it had uh, one thing that really got on my nerves for a while was, uh, you know, it had uh, obviously different outlets in different rooms. The majority of our outlets was tied to one breaker that was like a 15-amp breaker. I mean, I'm talking about we had, we had outlets in the living room, in the kitchen, in the little dining area, in the bedrooms upstairs, and in the bathroom that were all tied to one breaker. 15-amp breaker. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Amen. <laughs> and so here I am. Every time she goes to dry her hair, she has to say, I'm drying my hair, so I have to turn off whatever we got going. You know, I got to turn off the heater, I got to turn off the, 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 you know, the, the stereo, I got to turn off whatever, or else it's going to blow the breaker. How do we know that? It's, yeah, it's blown quite a few times. <laughs> and so, so, anyway, we lived there for a few years, and you know what? Every time that happened, you know, every morning, she'd be like, I'm drying my hair, so I'm getting up, going and turning things off and going, oh man, this is ridiculous, you know? Who in the world designed this place? You know, I don't understand. How did it pass code? I don't know. Come on! You know? But now, when did that stop bothering me? When we started moving. Not even, not even when we moved, but when we started moving. When we started packing those boxes, that bothered me less and less. <laughs> Praise God! Why? Because I might be here now, but I'm heading somewhere. Praise God! Amen. See, now, you understand that, you know, all those, the, 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 the squeaky door and the faucet that drips and all those stupid things, they don't bother you near as much when you know you're going somewhere else. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, I mean, this is, this, is what, this is what the dream does. The dream gets you out of that thing where you're just so stuck on where you are, and it gets you to where you're going. Amen. It doesn't bother you near as much. You don't get offended. You don't get critical. You're not mad because you know you're going somewhere else. And that thing could squeak all day long. I don't care. I'm, I'm out of here pretty soon. Hallelujah. See, but it, we have to have that joy on the inside. That's where that joy comes from, praise God. I tell you, if you, just, if you keep your eyes on what's around you, you, you know what? You're, you're, you're never going to get the joy of the Lord. But here in Genesis 15, let me show you here what he did with Abram. Uh, he says here in uh, verse 1, chapter 15, verse 1, it says, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, verse 2, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? So now here we see uh, uh, God, he gives this great promise to Abram. He says, listen, I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to supply every need. Man, what an awesome thing. Now what's Abram's response? Abram's response was not, oh, I'm not worthy, Lord. No, he was thankful, but he didn't say that. He said, okay, what are you going to do about the fact I don't have a child? <laughs> you understand? He understands covenant. He understands that God put himself in a place of responsibility and obligation here. He goes, okay, you know what? If you really are that which supplies, if you really are my reward, then here we go. And God doesn't mind this. God didn't strike him down with lightning here, did he? God, God likes this. God likes it when we actually come to him in the relationship and, 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 and expectation and understanding the covenant that we have. Now here, uh, you know, he, here he is. He, uh, it says in verse 3, 
And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. In other words, he's going to listen to this. My, my servant is going to be the heir of all things if I don't have a child. Verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. In other words, I'm going to give you a son. Now verse 5, it says, And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward the heaven. Tell the stars if thou be able to number them. It says, So shall thy seed be. Man. In other words, Abram's looking at a need. Abram's looking at a need right here and says, listen, Lord, I need a child. I need a child, and what are you going to do about that? And God says, you know what? I'm going to give you a child, but don't stop there. He goes, I want you to come out. Come out where you are, and he goes, I want you to look up. Now, see, God always has a heart bigger than your desire. He always has a plan bigger than your need every day. He wants better for you than you could ever want for yourself. But we have to start looking up. You see, here, Abram's looking at the need, and God says, no, 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 here's, here's what I want you to do. I'll, I'll take care of that need, don't worry about that, but you come on out and you look up. I want you to start dreaming about something here. I want you to see how big I am in this situation. See, most of the time what we do is we limit, we limit, we limit God to our needs. We limit God to these small things that we say, yeah, but God, what about this? And what are you going to do about that? And God's just saying, okay, I'll take care of that, but look up. How big is God? He's going, listen, I don't want you to focus on a child. I want you to focus up. Look at the stars. If you can number them, it goes, that's how big your seed's going to be. Praise God. He wanted him to dream. He wanted him to get out, out of the box a little bit here and say, hey, 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 how big is God? You know, we have to look up. The first thing we have to do to make this dream come to pass is we've got to look up. Stop fo- your need right now will never lead to a dream. If you focus on the need, it will not lead to a dream. Amen. We can't focus on that. We've got to look up. And we've got we we to take our eyes off the need and say, you know what, I put that in your hands, Father, now I'm going to look up. Whew. Glory to God. How much bigger is God than our need? How much bigger is He than our desire? Have we let Him give us a dream? Have we let Him do something on the inside? Turn back over to Psalms 126. Now what we have to do though is we have to begin to invest in this dream. If, if, you, don't have a, if you don't have something on your heart right now, well praise God, we're going to pray after service and we're just going to, we're just going to believe God for impartation that way. But uh, Psalms 126, where we were, it says here uh, in verse 2, Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Then verse 5, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. In other words, there's there's an investment here. There's an investment. To see this dream come to pass, he needs something of me. He needs an investment of my heart. And what is that investment? It's going to be something precious. It says here, precious seed. It's going to be precious seed. What is that thing? It's not necessarily something material. It's not necessarily something, you know, it's not necessarily money or anything else, although those things are tied to your heart, but it's something precious to me. It could be, it could be, you know, when I look at this, I understand what it is because I've done this before. Where I've come to God, God gives me a dream, and I begin saying, Lord, I believe in that dream. But then he says, okay, now I need you to sow. I need you to give something to me. And what, is the, what do I have to give? I have to give everything holding, holding me back from that dream. 
He's not the one that is limited. I'm the one that's limited. And so what do I have to do? I have to look at all those failures. And all those fail, failures that I look at and I say, you know what, I can't do it because look at, look at who I am. Look at what I've done. That's something I've got to give to him. I come weeping. Say, Lord, I, just, I give him all of those fears. I give him all of those hurts, all those pains, all those questions that I have in my heart saying, Lord, what about this? Why did that happen? And why did that happen? And why did that happen? You know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm giving him all those things that I still need to forgive people about, and all those things that I just don't know, and all those things that I try to have control issues about, and all those things that I'm just trying to make happen, and all those things that are so precious to me, all those things of security that I find security in, he's going, you're going to have to let all those things go. You've got to let him go. He's a big God. But I tell you, we have, to, we have to come bearing that precious seed weeping. There is something that just, it's just breaking your heart inside because God's going, listen, give it up. Give that a trust me with that thing. Trust me with that thing that you don't have the answer for yet. Trust me with that thing that, that is, is causing that anxiety and that worry and that care. Cast all those things over onto him. Those things you can't control. You're, gonna have to, you're just going to have to give it to him. Lord, here it is. I bear my precious seed and I'm just weeping. He's, he's, the, he's the dream maker. Praise God. But it takes trust. It takes relationship. Man, we, we have to come and we have to just bear that precious seed. Glory to God. Give him every care. Give him every worry. Give him every fear. Give him every anxiety. Give him every question. Give him all the what ifs. Give him all the things. Well, what if this doesn't work? What if, what if, what if, what if, what about all my past? What about my failures? What about the circumstance? What about, who cares? Give it all to him. You bear that precious seed. Without the investment, it says here, with the investment, it says, precious shall doubtless come again with what? Rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him. Praise God. There's joy in this thing. There's rejoicing in this thing. But man, there's a time and investment first. Now, we, we have to start running this race. It says, of course, in Hebrews 12, that we run the race with patience, and we do that by, by laying aside the sins and the weights which do so easily beset us. We run the, run the race with patience. Now, there's... You understand that people get in the ditch on either side of this, and I, I just before we, we wrap this up, I want to clarify this because sometimes people will get a dream and a passion on the inside of them, and they'll begin to run it. But what they do, what they do is they neglect the the, the faithfulness to where they are right now in the pursuit of a dream. And that's not God. See, there's a, there's a ratio here, and I, I I usually liken it to this twenty eighty ratio, where where basically eighty percent of my energy, eighty percent of my investment goes to the faithfulness of what I'm doing right now, what's in my hand. Faithfulness leads to promotion every time. Okay? But then 20% of my life, 20% of my investment, 20% of, of my heart and my, and my thoughts and my everything else goes to the dream. I see people in the ditch on both sides where they're, they're, so, they're so consumed with their daily life and their daily routine, they know God's called them to do something, they know they have a dream, but they never invest in it so they stay right here. They don't give any of their time and any of their energy to the dream. And they're sitting there going, well, God has me here for a season. Yeah, that season is about you, not about Him. You know? But you've got you to you gotta get yourself out of that. Look up and begin investing. Look up and begin investing. But at the same time, I'm still I'm faithful. I'm faithful. I'm faithful to what God has for me right here. I'm faithful. I know people who literally, they, they, they feel they're called to the ministry, so they left their family to go pursue the ministry. Wrong. But they'll say, oh, I'm called to the ministry. I believe you are called to the ministry but you're out of the will of God right now. 
See, there's this 80-20 principle. And, and you know, don't, don't get so caught up in where you are right now that you don't allow yourself to invest in the dream. What we have to do is we have to, one of the great things to do to begin is put the dream on and actually ponder it in your heart. Allow it to get big on the inside of you. You know, the one thing my pastor used to do back in Tulsa was when he was living in, he, him and his wife were in government housing project, okay? They're, they're, they're working in a ministry, working for a church, but they had nothing for money. And so uh, they were in this government housing project. He said what they would do is on, on Saturdays once in a while, they'd go ahead and get their nice Sunday clothes on, and they would go and go into open houses to the really ritzy parts of town. They knew they weren't going to buy anything. They weren't signing any contracts. <laughs> they had nothing. What were they doing? They were looking up. They knew where they were, but they knew where they were going. You see, they, they, what do you have to do? You've got to put that on. It's kind of like trying on a new pair of shoes. You know, you put, find out the feel of it. Glory to God. What does it look like? What does your dream look like? What does it feel like? They're just walking through those houses, and they're looking at the nice bathrooms, and they're looking at the nice deck, and they're looking at the nice yard, and they're looking at all the bedrooms, and they're looking at all these things. Oh, glory to God. Here we go. Amen. We've got to look up. You know, what does your dream look like? What does it feel like? Allow your imagination to allow your dream to come to life on the inside of you. Just daydream. Just sit there and say, okay, let's say we're, we're believing God for, for a, new, a new house, let's say. And okay, you know what? We're not there right now, but we're going to dream. We're going to feed this dream. We feed this dream with our thoughts. We feed this dream. What does it look like? What's that yard going to look like? What's that, how many bedrooms are we going to have? What's that fireplace going to look like? Get some specifics down to your dream. Let's, let's try this thing on. Let's walk around in it a little bit. Amen? Until you do that, it doesn't grow. It doesn't get bigger. It just it, it, it remains a wish. I don't want it to remain a wish. I want the dream. You know, and, and, and when, as you begin to do that, see, what, this is what happens. When you begin to dr- do that, I love this because there's a process to these things. As, as, you, as you begin to dream, that dream will turn into a possibility. So now suddenly you start... Because God will begin to take, take up with you and you start saying, you know what, that's not just a dream. I, I can see how that could be possible one day. But you see, then as you begin to walk it out even more, now it becomes not just a possibility but an availability. It's not just possible in general, it's available to me. And then it goes from the availability to that, to that deep-hearted passion on the inside of you that you start saying, oh yeah, it's available and I'm going after it, glory to God. And then it goes from that passion to destiny. When it becomes destiny, then you know anything that is not lined up with that is a lie and of the enemy. That's where we've got to be. I tell you what, when we started talking about, the other day we were just talking about, um, in school we were talking about the fact that, you know, this church, we, man, our, the, the dream that God's put on the inside of our heart, which is His God-given dream, is that everybody in Lane County is coming in, amen? What does that look like? We were talking about this in, in, in school just for a few minutes, saying, you know what, that means that there's not one unsaved person. That means there's not one person who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. That means, there are, that, that, means that, that every adult shop is, is closed up and gone. That means that there are no drug houses in town. That means that the jails are totally empty. That means that this whole culture and society is totally changed. I mean, we've got to put this thing to walk it out. What does it mean? It means there's a whole lot more churches and they're a whole lot bigger than they are right now. But we've got to walk it out. But if, you, if your childlikeness isn't there yet, you won't let yourself do that. But man, we've got to look up. We've got to look up. I mean, Abraham's looking for a seed and he goes, look up. Count the stars if you can. Whew. This is God. This is what God looks like. If our dream and what he's prepared for me, he is the maker and the builder and the preparer of my dream, then who should it look like?
It should look like Him, not like me. But we, now, we need to start speaking into the dream. We need to start sowing after the dream. We need to get up and start, stop looking at the housing. Stop looking at the layoffs. Stop looking at the economy. Stop looking at the circumstance. Stop looking at the family that you have right now. Stop looking at all those things and look up. Glory to God. Allow God to put a dream on the inside of you and walk it out. And say, you know what? I know, I know, I, I, I know they call me Austin today, but I'm Spider-Man. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. We should be dreamers. The power of the dream. And when the church begins to dream, they begin to take the unseen and bring it into the seen realm. Oh, glory to God. And when he turns our captivity, we, our mouth is filled with laughter, amen, and our tongue with singing. Glory to God. So as we wrap this up today, I want to pray. And as I pray, though, I believe this, and I know this to be the case, is that w- whenever the word is spoken, there is an anointing to make that come to pass. That's how he designed it. He designed His Word to go in line with the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit could make it come to pass. So right now, as we pray, I just want you all just to, just to, by faith, just join in me as we pray. And just, if you don't have a, a current dream, I mean, hey, just be honest with yourself. I don't have a dream in my heart. Well, God wants you to have a dream in your heart. He wants you to look up. Okay? But He'll, he'll, he'll put something on the inside of you. And if you do have a dream, then just, just tap in by faith. And I just want an impartation of, of that ability to dream. He gave us the ability to dream. Amen? And so as we pray, like I said, I just, I just want to put an invitation out there. And as we do this, I want you to release your faith. I don't want us to walk out of here the same way. I want, I want not only us to all be dreamers, but also to go to the next level in our dream. Glory to God. So let's just bow our heads, close our eyes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody, if you would, just reach your hands toward me. I want you to release your faith. Amen. This is an active thing on your part. This is, I want you to take action in this. I want you to release your faith as I pray about this. Glory to God. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I just thank you, Lord God. Father, you have, Lord God, plans for each and every one of us here, Lord God. You have a dream for each and every one of us here. There's no such thing as spiritual retirement, praise God. Every one of us, Lord God, has a dream, Lord God, that you have ordained for us to walk in, Lord God. It's a dream that doesn't look like, Father God, our past. It doesn't look like our current circumstance. It doesn't look like, Lord God, our resources. It looks like your resources. It looks like you, Father God. Right now, I just thank you for everyone here, Lord God, that the dream of God would become a fire on the inside, Lord God. The dream of God right now, Lord God, would just become a fire on the inside. And the passion of what you have ordained, and the passion of what you paid for, and the passion, Father God, of what you rose again from the dead for, Father God, would be so big on the inside that, Lord God, we would be able to pursue that thing, Lord God, with the fire of God. And I just thank you, Lord God. We look to that thing right now. And, Father God, we look up. We choose to to look up, Lord God. We choose, Lord God, to give you every fear. We give you every worry. We give you every anxiety. We give you every question, Lord God. And we choose, Lord God, to look up and allow the unseen to come into the seen realm. And we just thank you, Lord, for the impartation right now by the Holy Ghost in the hearts of every one of us in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Tim. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.